What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Demo Radio. I know it's been a while since I did an episode. Um, I've been plotting to come back, uh, plotting to return to doing my podcast for a minute now. Just some things I had to take care of. And, you know, I couldn't figure out the right time, but I feel like uh, what's going on now in the news is pretty important for me to speak on. Or I would like to speak on. Let me. I'm not going to say that it's important that I speak on it, but... I just feel like I should touch on it. You know, I want to touch on it. I feel the urge to speak on it. I feel the urge to step back up um, to the mic. I feel like this is a good time for me to re-enter the podcasting space. Um, it's about time for me to re-enter the podcasting space. And so with that being said, if you have been haven't been living under a rock or whatever, uh, if you don't follow the NFL, uh, there's a head coach in Miami. Well, he's formerly of the Miami Dolphins named Brian Flores. He was recently fired uh, unceremoniously. And it pretty much came to everybody as a shock around the, you know, fans and, you know, journalists and uh, insiders alike that he got. Well, I wouldn't say insiders were surprised according to the, the reports, but pretty much fans and those covering the game were pretty much surprised that he was fired because he seemed like he was a promising young coach and with that he was also a promising young black coach which there aren't many of in professional sports in general but the NFL specifically so he was fired uh it was a very visceral reaction to him being fired people couldn't really get it because while the Dolphins did get off to a bad start they won eight of the last nine they finished strong uh You know, for the Miami Dolphins in recent years, they haven't been very good. He actually posted back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in 18 years. Uh, So, you know, he did something pretty exceptional given what he was, uh, uh, irrespective of what he was given to work with. And just long story short, it was a surprise that he was fired. So that was last month, January 10th, I think. Well, I suppose. I mean, I, I suppose it was January 10th. And... Fast forward to now, uh, Black History Month, February 1st, uh, he files a federal lawsuit, class action lawsuit against the NFL, alleging racial discrimination and hiring practices. And I think most of us that have been following the NFL in the recent years, in the recent decade, uh, this is nothing new. We understand that the NFL, what they did to Colin Kaepernick by blackballing him when he took, decided he wanted to take a knee in protest of police brutality and systematic racism in the United States. And he took a knee and he was pretty much ostracized from the NFL because of his political stances. Um, Even though, you know, he spoke with a veteran and was told to take that knee, he still was ostracized. So I think we're aware. And then not to mention just the general hiring practices, even as a fan. I mean, me watch growing up watching the NFL, you watching the NFL. If you watch the NFL, those of you that are listening that watch the NFL, um, you know, like there's just not a lot of black head coaches. And when they get hired, they get fired a lot. Regardless, like you could name uh chapter and verse head coach that's been fired after building a winner. Um, so to say that this was surprising uh would not be true because nobody's surprised that Brian Flores um was fired. And also I'm not surprised that he took action because at this point in our history as um, black Americans of all backgrounds, not just descendants of slaves. We have, just like Brian, Brian Flores said in his uh, media tour this morning, we have come to a fork in the road for us. 
And when we have to seriously ask ourselves, do we want it to stay the same? And for those of you that have been following my podcast for the year, uh, the years in the past when I was more consistent with it, you heard me say time and time again that it is incumbent upon us to decide that it's over. Regardless of how the dominant white society feels about us, it, it's up to us to eventually, you know, take a stand where we say no more, regardless of what we will lose. Because the truth of the matter is, at every metric in this society, we're at the bottom. So we, in reality, have nothing to lose. Now, within our society, there are individuals that feel like they have something to lose, and there is the problem. But in reality, as a group, we have nothing to lose. And we have everything to gain, and we have every reason to stand up and resist and fight white supremacy. So, you know, I'm not surprised that he did this. Um, it's not surprising that he did this, because I feel like this is where we're at as black Americans now. Where's... Half, we're going to have to use whatever power we have, whatever leverage we have to our benefit to try to get the changes that we need to see. And that's in your personal life. That's in politics. That's in the NFL. That's everywhere. It's time for us to, to start leveraging the little bit of power or leverage that we do have as employees or black people in general to try to assert ourselves on this society so that we can get respect. And, you know, so so with that being said, I do respect, I, I respect what Brian Flores is doing because he's taking a stand. Now, I'm not sure of the outcome, to be honest, because I feel like it's 32 billionaires. Um, These guys' pockets are long and it's 32 of them. So it's like, I mean, no, as far as him litigating it for a while, I mean, he doesn't have more money than them, so there's that. And then the second part is, if they do decide to settle, I mean, what what settlement is going to hurt them? There's nothing that, I mean, they could pay this man $300 million and like between 32 owners, like that's nothing. So I don't, I'm not sure that we're going to get the change that we want to see, but I'll get to a little bit of that later. Um, what I will speak on at the moment is the NFL is handling it exactly how we anticipated that they would. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with the NFL, this is what they do. Every time there's a racial issue, they try to downplay it. And they release a statement basically saying that they're deeply committed to ensuring equi equitable employment practices, which is hilarious. And then for them to end the statement by saying that they're that the, they will defend themselves against the claims and they are without merit. Well, I don't know if you guys have read the lawsuit. I've read the lawsuit uh 58 pages of it. I didn't read all 58 pages, but I read over three quarters of it. And the lawsuit is pretty thorough on this thing. Um, it speaks about the Rooney rule. It speaks about not because I know you guys, for those that have been that follow sports, which is a lot of my audience follow sports. So I know you guys already know what's up, but you guys already know as far as um, his allegations, but there's more like the, the, the lawsuit goes into the history of the NFL from 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 the NFL's infancy to its present day and its hiring practices of not only black coaches, but black players in general. And so for them to say that the claims are without merit just shows how flippant the NFL is and has been regarding issues of race, regardless of the fact that their players are 70 percent black. Like they could give a fuck. They could care less. And so. 
you know, that's very important uh, to understand that the NFL is going to handle this. How are they going to handle it? They're never going to admit that they're racist. It does not matter how many black head coaches are qualified. It does not matter how many black head coaches get fired. In the lawsuit, it states that only 3% of coaches with winning records have been fired in NFL history or since 1968, I think. I'm sorry. I said NFL history. Since like 1968. 3%, 16 coaches. 25% of them are black. 25% of six, uh, four of 16 coaches that have been fired with winning records. Like seriously? Like how is that even possible when black coaches aren't even getting the opportunities? So for them to say that these claims are without merit just runs in the face of literally their blatant history. And I, I challenge you to really read through you don't have to read all 58 pages, trust me, because you're going to get the gist of the NFL's history by just reading, you know, 20 or 30 pages, you know, but I challenge you to, you know, I encourage you to, to read the lawsuit because it goes chapter and verse on the NFL's history and their lack of diversity first in players, then in quarterbacks, now in coaches and GMs and stuff like that of that nature. So for them to come out and say that, it, that it's without merit is totally flies in the face of literally their recent history and their past, and their even, which we would call their ancient past, if you want to say. The NFL has never been a place where black men have been able to ascend to power, whatever they deem to be power, whether, like I said, whether it be just getting on the team, whether it just be getting on the team. So they can really miss me with uh, the whole, this is without merit. It's definitely with, with merit. It's definitely with merit. Nobody's saying that black coaches have to be 70% of the league but they damn sure have to be more than 3%. They damn sure have to be more than 3%. How is it that the players, 70% 70 of players, and somebody on one of the sports shows I was watching, I can't remember, I'm sorry to give the credit, but somebody has said something very, very uh, interesting about the fact that it is 70% players that a lot of the, 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 the player experience or the NFL experience is experienced by majority black players. So it's like, how is it that these guys are not qualified? So I'll digress on that. But the point of the matter is the NFL is definitely tripping. And at the end of the day, I feel for, I went through a range of emotions my own self because I think every black person goes through a range of emotions when there's something, when something like this becomes public, when you see an injustice of another black person. And one of the things I thought of though, was that really as black people, man, you kind of have two choices. Because if you look at our history, and what we have to do, we never, ever get equitable power. Being a recording artist for a white for as a white artist or being a recording artist as a black artist are two totally different experiences to not only. And it is sad that we can't get the equity out of the game because we put so much in the game. No matter what the game is, we put so much into the game in this country that it's very sad that we're not able to get the equity back. So we have to go to extremes like being independent artists and creating our own labels. And when baseball was king back in the 1800s, black people, we had to create our own league just to get a chance to be a part of the society that we helped create. And it's very deep. Um, so I, I, I thought about that. You know, I think about the links, the choices that we have. And pretty much it's pretty much eat shit or get your own. And in the choice of Brian Flores, like he can't create his own NFL because the, the capital needed and the infrastructure and the network, it's just, it would just be a lot. So it's like his only choice is to eat shit or start a revolution, pretty much. And that's in essence what he did, which leads me to the only way that this is going to work. And I don't 
I don't want to be a cynic about it, but I do not see it working because ultimately what it's going to take for it to work. And Hugh Jackson already came forward. So that's good. That's a start. But more black coaches, regardless if they have jobs, if they're candidates for jobs, are going to have to come forward and join this class action. Because yes, they can ostracize Brian Flores if he's one man. Or they can ostracize Hugh Jackson in them because they're two. But if you get Raheem Morris and Byron Leftwich and a multiple black, they can't kick them all out because then it makes it more blatant. And that's the part that I think, I fear, may be missing from this. Uh, is that, because Shannon Sharp, I was listening to Undisputed earlier, he said something very interesting. Um, Skip Bayless pretty much asked him, like, would you sign the lawsuit? And he was like, well, I get a job first. And I'm saying that's the reason why we'll never win right there. Because you still hope in your mind that it's going to be different for you when the, 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 it's black and white, as black and white as it could ever be in this country. They don't have to lie. The NFL is not lying to the black men who are trying to become coaches. It's very blatant how they see you. And for Shannon Sharp, after everything that after everything that he f- understands this in, the, the NFL to be, for him to sit there and say, well, I would accept the job first, let you know the symptom that that plagues us as black people. Because ultimately, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take more coaches. Who cares if they won't get jobs? They're going to have to step forward and say, look, man, this is what I went through. Yeah, man, they called me down to a job, and I knew old buddy, like Marvin Lewis said, John Fox is going to get the job. You have to do it. That's, this is what we have. And we, not only do they have to do as coaches, but it trickles down like to everyday people. You don't let microaggression slide. No, do you have to go to your legal defense office in your job no but you don't have to let microaggression slide you don't let anything slide anymore and the problem is if we still continue to live in fear of why well, i won't get no job well you're not getting the jobs anyway <laughs> you're not getting the jobs anyway so you're damned if you do damned if you don't because you're not going to get the job you're going to get humiliated emasculated and embarrassed and instead of rolling with the brother that say hey man this shit got to change you'd rather hope well maybe my will be different to me maybe i'll get a job you're not going to get a job you're not. And if you do, it's going to be a shitty job. And they're going to fire your black ass. So ultimately, you're better off riding with the brother that's saying, let's challenge this shit. And that's really, and, and, and that's the only way the progress is going to come. Because it's not going to come by letting this brother hang out to dry by itself. It's not going to come that way. So shout out to Marvin Lewis. Shout out to, to Hugh Jackson, even though I don't know how strong his credibility is. But shout out to him. Because they're talking about their experiences. And hopefully more of these brothers will speak up. Because if not, I am telling you right now, it is not going to work. They're already trying to martyr this brother. They're already trying to speak of this brother in past tense. As if to say like, yeah, you know, how will he be remembered? How will he be remembered? They ask a question to the How will he be remembered? What do you mean how will he be remembered? He just filed the lawsuit. He hasn't even lost or won yet. What do you mean how is he going to be remembered? But that's my point. When you're one Negro... Trying to start the rebellion, it's not going to work. The rest of black people who share your experience have to stop being scary and step to the plate and stop being and stop with the I hope that I could be the the lucky house nigga that that master just shines his light on. No, man, you're not different. Regardless whether you got a million dollars, whether you got zero dollars, if you're black, you're the same and they're going to treat you the same. That's pretty much it. So I commend Brian Flores for standing up. Even though I don't know how successful it's going to be, I understand the brother's plight because either they're going to ask you to eat shit or they're going to force you 
to be a revolutionary. They're going to force you to be. They're gonna, this, this is what the position that white America puts black people in. Is they tell you to slave literally our history. They tell you to slave for free. And then when you're like, hold up, what the fuck? I don't want to. I don't want to be a slave. The only thing they want to give you is the choice to either be a slave or to go and revolt and risk your life. Which nowadays, no black people aren't getting lynched from trees. But as you can see, the economic game is popping. They are cutting you off at the economic knees. And that's where it's at today. So that's why more brothers in this case are going to have to step forward. So only time will tell and we'll see. But, you know, I do have respect for his plight. I do understand his plight. You know, me and him may not exactly see things exactly the same, but at the end of the day, I do understand that as a black man, man, this is what it is. And to, to, to be forced to go on a sham interview, knowing that you're not going to get the job, that is humi- that is humiliating. That is that is emasculating. That that is what that is. That is that is taking away your manhood, your dignity. The reason why you get up, you get up, you walk out the door because you believe you can make shit happen. And this is why. The black experience. And before I, yeah, that, that's true. That's one thing I want to say that I'm very happy about that they kept on. That This is why the black experience is so unique from the quote unquote other minority experiences. Because at the end of the day, there is literally has been and is apparatuses that are literally just blocking you out. It would appear that Brian Flores is in the NFL network. Oh man, he knows Belichick, he knows. But you see how he's, how 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 not connected he was? Belichick is sitting up here texting. Yeah, man, heard you got the job. Not meaning to text him, but still like, hey man, congratulations. He's like, well, damn, I shit. All right, you know, Thursday though, but you know, thank you. Well, hold up now. Hey, oh, you mean to text me? Like, this is how out the loop, but in the loop. He's, he appears to be, but he's really out the loop. And one thing I want to commend people consistently on national tv today because the usually the, the black people that work for the white media they are trash on this and with a few exceptions they were very good about it uh over these past this past day or so is that they kept the topic on black people because it is not minorities because white women are technically a minority and white women aren't the ones building up the equity of the nfl so we have to stop with this inclusion for inclusion sake type of talk it's black people it's not this amorphous minority that needs more equity no it's black people it's black people last time i checked ron rivera got two jobs he's a latino guy he's quote unquote a minority which it ain't the same this is about black people who built the league off the our back off our kneecaps of our concussions and it's time for the for the league to to give black the black men that create that help build that league the equity as in power and resources so all in all, I commend the brother, um, like I said before, so much power to him. Uh, I'm about to get up out of here. So thank you all for listening to this edition of Demo Radio. I'm back. Had to take a hiatus, had to get some things straight, but we straight, we back. And uh, it's not a perfect, it's, it's just, it couldn't be the more perfect time because this right here, really, this topic right here really got, got to me. I want to touch on it because, you know, it's so important that we understand that, you know, this is the position that we do actually get placed in as black people. It's either revolt or it's go along and eat shit. And it's like, holy cow. Like, can you believe, can you imagine if you're not black and you listen to this, can you imagine being placed in that situation? You can't because it's not your reality. So, um, thank you all for listening. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button and the share button and make sure you tell everybody what we're doing over here on Demo radio, man. Until next week, y'all peace. <laughs>